Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Uh, really pleased now to be joined by Sky Sports' Tony Johnson, uh, who called the test match at the weekend between Ireland and the All Blacks. Uh, before we get on to that, Tony, uh, the hottest news off the press in rugby terms this morning is that Russi Erasmus has copped a, a two-month ban. What do you make of that? Oh, OK. What does that take him out of action for Christmas, does it? <laughs> Effectively, yeah. Oh, there. Two, yeah, two-month ban from what? Um, it's, a, you know, when you, you think, I think we talked about it at the time, didn't we, Smithy? I, I thought what he did was uh, was just, you know, totally unacceptable attempt to undermine, um, influence, do whatever you like. Or, you know, if a player did that, then, you know, a, a two-month ban might mean something. But what does that mean? I, yeah, I, they've been scared of this all along. And it's taken so long to come to the end of it, and, and now they do this, which is pretty much amounts to nothing. Uh, it almost uh, suggests to me they, it's like a, a settlement out of court, really. Um, we've, we've, got a, yeah. we've got a show to be doing something, but we, we're not going to hurt you, really. I haven't caught up with this, Smithy. Has he been made to apologise? Oh, yeah, I'd imagine yeah, he has. He, has um, he, he, he will have been made to apologise, I'm sure, as part of the deal, Tony. But yeah. in the end, it's, it's just let's get rid of it and, um, and move on. Uh, as we will now yeah. uh, to uh, what you called last uh, weekend. Uh, it, uh, what, two days, three days later? Have I been given a two-month two ban for that, have I? <laughs> no, not at this point, but we are reviewing. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> No, uh, you know, well, uh, two, two or three days down the track, um, we, we, we were pretty much sorted out, weren't we? Yeah, I, th- I think so. <clears throat> Firstly, um, it's just interesting talking to people. A lot of people really um, still enjoyed the game. They, you know, were full of praise for the way Ireland played. I, I think that's the best sustained effort that I've ever seen from Ireland because we've come to expect over the years, you know, plenty of passion and they often used to make, you know, back in the days of Keith Wood and that, they'd make a rip-roaring start and they'd run out of gas by about 50 minutes. But these guys sustained it. And I really like um, the way they've built on, on the foundation work that Joe Smith gave them and expanded their game. They used the width of the field. They some lovely sort of wraparound moves. They seem to play from a greater depth. The All-Backs are still trying to play very flat. They play from a bit more depth. They kept the ball alive, the offloads. But they did all, you know, all the attention to detail was there and... You know, you kept thinking, you know, the way the All Blacks hung in there was this incredible defence. And it was, a, it, was a, it was a sensational defensive effort that kept the All Blacks in the game. You kept thinking, well, it's just going to take one magic moment to steal the game. And, you know, we almost had it with the try that got ruled out rightly for a forward pass. But this time just wasn't to be. And I, I, in the end, I think that, you know, the best team absolutely won. 
Um, and and that's three in the last five that Ireland have won against the All Blacks now. Mm, it is. Um, which leads us to, to this week, Tony, and uh, a week to turn it around uh, because I'm not sure they're going to get any less physicality from France, are they? I think this is about as tough as it gets um, because I just recall, uh, you remember when they won in Chicago, Ireland beat the All Blacks in Chicago, what was that, 2018, I think? Um, and yep. then two weeks yep. later, they played Ireland again in Dublin, and that was an absolutely brutal game. And then followed on going to France. And I remember at halftime, one of the All Black boards, I think it might have been Brody Retallick, I think it was soon after, had to leave the field. Uh, you could just tell that some of them, they, they, the effort that it had taken to beat Ireland um, had, had really drained some of them. And I think that, that's got to be the worry about this. They're going to take on a French team that, to me, I, I think has got the potential to win the next World Cup. They've got, arguably, um, the best halfback in the world, the form halfback in the world at the moment, in DuPont. They've got a massive forward pack. Uh, they haven't quite sorted out their back line. They're, they're trying to um, fit two playmakers into their back line and it's not working. But they, uh, the game, games I've seen them play, they're quite relentless. And so it's going to be another huge physical challenge. And I think, you know, this is an, a massive test of the All Blacks' resolve, their determination, but also the ability of the coaching staff now to sit down, think about what's confronting them, make some bold calls about their selection, confront one or two of the things that aren't working and see what can we do in the space of this time to change it. Otherwise, um, they face the, the possibility that they could be the first all-black team since 1999 to lose the last two games of a calendar year. Right then, let's get down to tin tacks. Uh, TJ, where, where do they make the bold calls from your point of view? Well, I, I think they have to make an assessment of just in terms of who's got what left in the tank. Um, and I think they've, they've, they've got to change something up in the forward pack. Um, to me, you know, Cody Taylor's a terrific player, but it looks he looked like a player who was playing with the, the, the fuel warning light flashing. I thought Coles really added something. So to me, Coles probably starts to say to Cody Taylor, look, thanks, great for your effort, but... Um, We'll call, it a, we'll call it a year for you. Start with Coles. And then I, I'm thinking Taki Aho um, off the bench because he, he brings some, some real um, venom the way he carries the ball. And they're going to need that. Uh, I, I think they've probably got to look at their loose forward trio as well. Do they make a change there? Do they start with you and hope to get him into the game and, and running powerfully at them? Oh, they've got to make a change at halfback. Um, Pedernara, his defence was heroic last week. He made so many tackles. And he does bring, you know, qualities to the game. But to me, they, they I couldn't understand why they didn't bring Finley Christie into the game last week, a guy who can, can spark things. He can up the, up the tempo of the game. And I just couldn't understand that. Um, and the only thing I could think of is that maybe Christie was still carrying an injury. Um, so I don't think they've got any choice um, but to bring Aaron Smith in cold and bring Christie off the bench. And then they've got to face um, the issue of what do they do in the midfield because what they're doing at the moment isn't working. They, they still haven't figure out a way to beat the rush defence. The kicking game didn't really work at all last week. Um, and they've got to get that better. But but I think I I think they might as well take a punt on, on Quinn Tupaya in, in the twelve jersey. Um, Leonard Brown and twelve's his best position, but Leonard Brown's out. I just don't think David Haveli is a fantastic footballer, but it just but they're not they're asking him to do things that it's not really his game. So I think if you want that guy to carry the ball ahead run straight in the line, be very direct, uh, then, then I think I think they've got to give Tupaya a shot. And then it's just a matter of maybe you make a change. 
Seven Rees um, did not have a great game last week. He looked flustered when things got, um, you know, the, the, the blowtorch got applied. And so maybe they, they make a change there and, 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 and shuffle around um, and, and put someone else on, on, on the left wing. But they've got to make some changes. Uh, and I, I think they've got to execute a whole lot better than they did last week under pressure. Let's look at the two tens. Uh, how important a game then um, for Richie Moonga is this one? Well, it, 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 it all sits on his shoulders now um, because there's not going to be a Bowden Barrett to come off the bench. But I think that's right, Smithy. I, I, I don't mm, think he's part yeah. of his HIA um, protocols. Uh, and, and so he carries the load now. And, you know, it's just become one of those arguments, hasn't it? And, it, you know, I can, you and I can think back to the days of Laidlaw v. Going at halfback or, or um, Fox v. Boddicker at number 10, Mertz v. Spencer. And this is another one now. And the argument gets clouded by parochialism and, and what have you. But there are people out there who are still not convinced that, that uh, Richie Maunga, uh is the guy on these big pressure occasions. Well, here's his chance to prove that he is. And I, he's well capable of it. You know that. Um, so I, 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 this, is, this becomes a, a, a huge game for him. Um, but they've got to give him some good ball. The forwards have got to be more accurate at the clean-out, and they've got to present him with a better quality of ball from the base of the ruck than, than, uh, than he was getting last week. And, uh, and, and then, hopefully, the, the brilliance that we know he's got comes to the fore. So the French will probably go with uh, Intermark by the look of things outside DuPont. That's, uh, that's an interesting combination. Yeah, I mean, they've been experimenting with trying to um, put Intermac and Jalabert in the back line. It just hasn't really worked, that dual playmaker thing. I think I've seen the All Blacks trying to do it, and they, it's just something that... And, and it is great to see these European teams trying to expand their parameters, but it, it just doesn't look comfortable. I think they go back to DuPont and Intermac. Intermac is a, is a superbly skilled player, but he's a guy that they'll look to put a bit of pressure on. But the guy they've got to be watching the whole time is, is DuPont. Uh, he he's incredibly dangerous, and he's a bit like you know. You think back to the days of Jacques Faru when he was playing with a bunch of behemoths up front, and and just everything revolved around this little man dictating to all these big men and 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 sparking everything. Um, and and so that, that's crucial. That, that if, if those guys get a, a good platform to work from, then then look out. But but you uh, all know that, and I think that's where you know you apply pressure. And sometimes the school of thinking is you apply pressure to a team where they're most strong. And I think that's what they've got to try and do. They've, you know, they can pressurise them at the breakdown, um, you know, give them a bit of rubbish ball, slow the ball down, then, then that might help. But if they, if they don't, well, as I say, when, when France get a roll going, they can be quite relentless. Tony, uh, you've called a lot of uh, rugby internationals and uh, predominantly they've been between sort of 85 and 90 minutes, bearing in mind injuries, etc. These games are going a long time now. You will be noticing it as, a, as the guy calling the games and having to fill for so damn long uh, while the conjecture runs around decisions, etc., replays. Um, Luke Pierce at the weekend, uh, last weekend officiated that. It's Wayne Barnes this weekend uh, in charge, but Pierce uh, is an AR. What did, what did you make of the officiating or the trend in the officiating in these games? Well, I think it became a little bit obvious that um, it was getting a bit frustrating last week. I think I made the comment at 30 minutes that the game had already taken over 40, and most of it was taken up with what Luke Pierce kept referring to as these, these chats with discussions. Um, and I, I think that the thing that sort of bothers me, having sat back and, and tried to sort of, you know, 
analyse things, um, you know, with the pulse rate sort of lower a bit. Um, it's that what, what we're doing at the moment is we are ruling out tries for things that probably don't even get noticed in the general run of play. That little double movement, and I think the worst decision of the lot was, well, not the worst, but, but the one that probably was the most pedantic of the lot was the one that actually cost Tyg Furlong a try for Ireland. Uh, when they went back a couple of phases and found a double movement. Now, yes, it probably was a double movement um, and probably deserved to be penalised, but it deserved to be penalised at the time. And, and you probably find that probably happened five or six times in the game and went unnoticed. But because it happened in the lead-up to a try, it, it has the potential to um, change the, the outcome of a game. And, and fortunately for Ireland's sake, it, it didn't. And, and, and so it comes back to this, and I you keep using the word now, I've got to find a new one, um, but I keep finding using the word um, forensic, this forensic examination um, for, for reasons not to award tries. Yes, we want them to get it right, but at the moment the process is taking so damn long and it's becoming, you know, almost after every try, um, they're scared to award a try in case there's been a little knock-on or a little double movement in, in the movement um, because they know they're going to get fried. Yeah, I, I I look at it in a, a slightly more general term. I, I mean, uh, I don't. I, I look at what they they think about the game now, the officials, because I I would have thought to to referee a game, you'd love the game. You would love the game and love the game being played the right way, etc. But I, I don't know if the, the guys do love the game, but they love the rules and the officiating of the game, and I don't think the two can go together. No, they probably you know love the look of a fifty-one thousand crowd there as well because um, there wasn't a you know it did look a little bit at times like it got a bit theatrical, didn't it? And I've got to say that you know the two refs that we've had over there, um, you know, and they've had some tough decisions to make. Ben O'Keefe and, and um, uh, I was just thinking the other one, uh, Paul, um, Paul Paul Williams, the, the, Paul Williams. Yeah, um, he had a um, couple of really tough calls to make. But he, he, he actually, um, and, and Paul Williams is probably one of the more, I would say, strict referees that we've got in New Zealand, but he actually looked um, light and shade over there compared to what we've seen in some of the other games. Um, and I just think it comes down to a you know, bit of an empathy with the game. I mean, what are we out here to do? Are we out here um, to, to stamp this, ourselves and this rule book all over the match? Or are we out here to promote a game which is, after all, you know, 50,000 people have paid to come in and see and millions are watching all around the world. And I, I just, it's a general philosophy thing. I, I think you're right, Smithy. It, it, it's, I think they've got to have a look at that. But unfortunately, they are so analytical about everything that they do now and they, that, that it, it becomes, a, um, it, it just becomes quite oppressive. Mm. Okay, let's get on to a, a brighter subject then. NPC uh, finals this weekend. Your Tasman now visiting Hamilton because they're allowed to. How do you see this going? Yeah, well, first of all, it's great that uh, Waikato can stage the game at home. Uh, I have to say, Smithy, um, I was quite surprised at the result last week. I mean, and, and it, it's a funny way to end a season. Hawks Bay have been so good this year. Um, and that, that just shows the nature of, of the beast when you get to knock out rugby, uh, rugby and that's the one thing that Tasman have had a lot of experience at over the years and I thought they came up with their best performance. Uh, they were the most controlled and I think they got their tactics right, their, uh, their accuracy was right and uh, it was just in, in the end it was just one step too many for a Hawks Bay team that's played brilliantly this year 
Uh, and, and, and again, uh, to me, that just comes down to big match experience. And they're, they're going to need plenty of that as well, too, because Waikato have been really good this year. Um, you know, I, I love the core of their forward pack. Uh, James Tucker's just been terrific. Um, they've got a really good balance to their team. Um, they've, they've managed to, I think everyone's got an injury list, but they've, they've managed to keep a pretty strong team on the field um, despite the depth that, that, that they've had to test. Um, Louis, uh, the way he's coming at 10, you know, with um, uh, Fletcher Smith not being 100%, uh, you know, he, he's been a revelation. Tasman, to me, um, the injury list it just keeps growing. I'm not making excuses for them, Smithy, but you take, um, you know, Putty Putty Parkinson out. Now you take Segner out. Uh, they've lost, obviously, more players to the All Blacks than they have in the past. Um, to me, I think Waikato deservedly starts start as favourites for this, but it, it's a final and uh, as we saw last week, you get to the knockout games, really it just who presents themselves best on the day. Excellent stuff, TJ. Look forward to that, and uh, look forward to uh, the All Blacks v France and uh, a post-mortem on that at some stage next week. Thanks for your time this morning, mate, as always. Cheers, mate.